You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. Lindsay and I are pretty freaking excited for this episode. It is going to be crazy powerful. You might want to buck up. So let me start by painting a picture for you. Does any of this sound like you? You feel exhausted by Instagram every time you open the app. You post something to IG and then immediately feel discouraged, worthless, frustrated, wanting to cry and curl up in a corner and give up. You're constantly falling into the comparison trap on social media. You waste way too much time aimlessly scrolling when you should be doing something else. And you're struggling to know how much of your life to share online versus keep private. And you feel like that struggle is keeping you from posting. Any of that sound like you? Like, raise your hand. (laughs) Cool. Then it is probably about time we talked about boundaries on social media. Look, social media is hard, especially as a small business owner. It's pretty necessary for marketing these days, but yet it can be a beast that, if not handled properly, can eat you alive. So in today's episode, we're going to talk all about social media and boundaries within those apps. And we'll talk a lot specifically about Instagram, but also a lot of how this applies to not just all social media, but phones in general. So if you are needing tools and resources to set healthy boundaries and take back your life with those addictive little apps, then today's episode is for you. Let's get to it. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, in today's episode, we are talking boundaries on social media. And we're kind of splitting this episode up into three different sections. First, social media boundaries, and then posting boundaries, and then phone boundaries, because all of these boundaries lead to social media in in some way or another, um, or have to do with them, but... They're like different facets and different avenues and different perspectives, kind of. So it all kind of ties together, but... Uh Uh-huh. All right, so let's start off with social media boundaries. Because I think this, like Evie said in the intro, it's just, it's a beast of a topic. And it is something that affects every single one of us, whether we like it or not. And I think there's different avenues, which is why we're splitting these up into different things. But there's like, there's the emotional side of social media that like, you feel worthless because you see other people and there's that comparison game. But then there's also like, the addictive side of social media, which I feel like is like kind of two different things, all dealing with like how social media can be not good. So I think the first thing that we wanted to start off with is recognition that social media likes and follows do not equal your success or worth. And I think, I know that we can tell you that all day, every day, but it's something that you have to feel in your heart and understand in your heart for it to actually make sense. Because even sitting here, to you today, like, I can tell you right now, like, oh, I obviously want more social media followers. Evie wants social media followers. Like, we all want more social media followers, but I think... Especially as a business owner. Right, because you're like, oh, that equals more success or more money. And so it's like you can... More sales, right. You can easily equate that, but it's just so 
important to remember that even if you have a tiny Instagram audience, which even I think in this day and age, we we consider like a thousand to be tiny. Honey, if you stood in front of a thousand people, that's not tiny. So I think it just, we have to like reframe our mindset. Well, and it's also like, depending on what you're doing and who you're speaking to, if you're a service-based provider, you only need like a small handful of clients every year or, you know, whatever. Like it's, you might have a thousand people following you, but you only need 15 to 20 clients every year. You're fine. Like, and those people who are following you can do word of mouth recommendations and different things. So there's not something inherently wrong with wanting to have followers on social media or, you know, have more influence or, you know, whatever you want to say, but your social media presence does not define you. And we just wanted to like, Put that out there is the first thing that we say heading into this episode because that's so foundational that you have that in the back of your head as we're kind of talking about this. Yeah. And I'll say like, if you want more followers, great. Welcome to the club. We all do. But I will say, if you have like a number in your mind, the second that you hit that number, like you're going to have a bigger number. Like I could have been like, yeah, like I could have been like, oh, I always want like... Like, oh, I always wanted 30K followers. Okay, well, now I have like 40K something and I'm like, oh, I want 100 yeah. Well, I can guarantee you the people that are that are at 100 look at the people that have like 300K or 500K and yeah. they're like, oh, I want that. Like it never There's stops. There's always more. Yeah. Right. It, it never stops. Numbers, I, numbers are elusive. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They are. And they also mean like nothing. nothing. Yeah. Like when people look at a number next to your name and then they associate you as a celebrity, I'm like, yeah. I'm a freak, y'all. Well, I, you, I also want to just like throw out there, I know business owners who have like 100,000 followers or 200,000 or 50,000 who are struggling in business, who aren't having any clients, who aren't getting any sales. And just because you have a number next to your name does not equal success. And I know really successful business owners with no social media presence at all, and they're crushing it in the millions. Like, so just be aware Numbers are elusive and your social media presence does not define you or your success or your worth in any way, shape, or form. So just get that out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we also wanted to throw out there that like there's something deeper that Lindsay like has some good questions she wants to throw at you that might reframe your perspective on it too. Yeah. I want you to think of yourself in 30 years. What are you doing? What does your life look like? Do you have a family? Do you have kids? Do you... In, in your life, I don't care how old you are right now, 30 years from now, does your follower count matter? Yeah. Just ask yourself that. Do, yeah. Does your follower count add value to your life at all? Yeah. Does it inform your life or how you live your life at all? The answer should hopefully be a resounding no. Because yeah. follow, again, a number next to your name, name, a number next to your name means like zilch squat in the in the grand scheme of the meaning of life. Yeah. Like I want my legacy in this world to be so much bigger and more meaningful and impactful to real life people than just like, oh, I had so many followers on Instagram. Like I don't care yeah. about that. If you're impacting lives on Instagram, great. That's awesome. But you also have to realize that's not everything. And yeah. if you're not loving the people around you, if you're not loving yourself and your families and you're not following the Lord or, you know, whatever that looks like for you, if you're not truly loving the people around you, then the followers on Instagram means squat, like means zilch. It means nothing. So we just wanted to throw that out there. as <laughs> like kind of a beginning foundational. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some practical social media boundaries, but I think that's the mental boundary yeah. that if you're on social media, you need to have in place. You need to have this 
wall of my worth does not come from this app and this isn't my everything and I'm not going to let it control or dictate my worth or my emotions and how I'm feeling. So it is a boundary. It's just more of a mental boundary that we wanted to throw out there and then we'll get into some practical ones too. Yeah. Like just don't let, like I I know people that like are consumed with how many likes they got on their latest post. Yeah. And I'm like, I I don't don't give a rat's (laughs) A-S-S. But- but I, I know that that's something that's so easy to dive into. So yeah, yeah. that's a huge mental boundary. Um, yeah. Next, a little more strategy boundary for social media or strategy tip for social media boundaries is to create before consuming social media. I yeah. think, and this goes, I think, more into the comparison game. If you get on the app first thing in the morning and then you just scroll to your heart's content, or not even Instagram, it could be any any app, but you're just scrolling and consuming other people's content and then you go to create something, you're going to have that comparisonitis in your head of like, oh, wait, should it be more like them? They did this and they got this many likes. Oh, wait, yeah. oh, this sucks. This is not good as, this is not near as good as like that person that I look yeah. up to or whatever. Or like, and it's oh, like, my hair doesn't look as pretty as hers did in that right. Room. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to get on my stories today because I don't look, I, I don't have makeup on like that girl did that I just yeah. saw. So it, yep. it gets in your mind so much. So create before consuming. Yeah, especially general. if you're going to create like a post or a reel or, or whatever, like, or show up on your stories, create like create that before you're sitting there scrolling. And my typical rule is that I consume in the last like typically couple hours in like towards the end of my workday, not the whole couple hours, but like in that window is when I'm typically like scrolling through and getting ideas for future reels or, you know, seeing what the trends are and taking notes and things. But I'm trying not to consume in the middle of my beginning or middle of my workday so that my brain is fresh as I'm creating content. And then towards the end of the day, when I'm not going to be creating much more the rest of the night is when I like gain inspiration and like see what the trends are and that type of thing. So just a little tip throwing out there. All right, the next thought I have is only follow accounts that you love following. Because contrary, is, I'm just going to break a myth here. Contrary to popular belief, you do not have to follow everyone back that follows you. Yeah. Oh, wow, I know. <laughs> Let's just let you that settle. Also, you also don't have to follow people just because you followed them before and you feel bad if you unfollow or you're going to hurt their feelings or maybe it's like, uh, somebody that you met once in real life and you're like, oh, shoot, like I don't want to unfollow them because we kind of know each other now, but like I really feel the comparison game pop up or I really feel like upset or whatever. Like I feel, I don't feel good when I see their content. Yeah. That is when a great button comes in as well. If you don't feel comfortable, if it's a true real life friend or something like that where you're like, I don't feel comfortable like unfollowing this person, there's another magic button Uh, called the mute button. And that's just delightful uh, for those people where you're like, I technically can't unfollow you or I don't feel like I should or, you know, we just had an argument or something and like, I don't want to unfollow you yet, but like, I'm just really like bothered by your content right now. Whatever that looks like, go to their their page and click the mute all, mute their stories, mute their posts. Basically, you don't see anything from them. It's basically like you unfollow them, but you still follow them. Yep, it's delightful. I love that button. I use that button regularly. Well, um, and it's, <laughs> the point being is if social media is draining you, ask yourself why. It might be your own user habits, but it also might be what you're seeing and consuming on the app. Yeah. So if that's it, try to identify 
what it is or maybe who it is that whenever you see something specific, you're like, I that makes me feel bad about myself. Like half the time when people unfollow or mute you, it might just be their own personal like jealousy getting yeah. in the way or their own personal ish that they just need to work through. Like we yeah. all have our own ish that we need to work through. And so if that means that you have to mute or unfollow someone, that's okay. Like do yeah. that for your own mental health. Yeah, it's true. Okay, and then with that, Take social media breaks, whether that's for a weekend here and there or a whole week or a whole month or whatever is necessary. Take care of yourself when it comes to social media. Make sure that you're you're mentally and emotionally doing okay. And oftentimes a good social media break is really helpful. Lindsay and I take those kind of regularly, like doing social media free weekends or shutting off our phones for like a whole day or two days or three days or whatever. And it's just revolutionary. We love it. Yeah. Well, and it I think it reminds you because when you're in the app every day or you're just on your phone every day, it's so easy to not look like not really see the world for what it is or not really see people interacting around you. And so when you actually just like break free from your phone, it it's a magical thing. Our friend Chelsea Antos, we had her on the podcast pretty recently back. Um, she does something with her family called hashtag take back the weekend. And so every weekend, I think at like 5 p.m. on Friday, they sign off and then they get back on on Monday morning or Sunday night. I can't remember which one it is, but it's like, it's just an intentional like movement that they've created to really like, hey, we shut off our apps and delete our apps of social media for the weekend to have present family time. And I really love that. Um, and so it, whether you do that or whether you just do a cutoff time at night or whatever, like mm-hmm. just be intentional. If social media is draining you or it's triggering you or you're exhausted or you're addicted, try to take breaks like that. Yeah. And then another great practical tip is to only view social media for work purposes. So setting, you know, timers or boundaries or something like that where you intentionally get on to post to share to your stories, whatever, and you are on there just scrolling away. It's very hard, especially as business owners, where we are on there for work purposes, but it's also like a, an enjoyment app and it's a very addictive app. So it's very easy for us to like get on there for to post and then suddenly 20 minutes later, 40 minutes later, an hour later, we're just scrolling. So being intentional to view it as a work tool and not just a scroll option or something like that can also be helpful. Yeah. And then I would say just shut off all social media notifications. Yes. And even better, (laughs) shut off all your phone notifications. Yeah. The only notifications I have on my phone are like calendar reminder, like events. Like it's like, hey, you have a meeting in 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. And then text messages and phone calls. Like everything else is shut off. I have no email notifications, no social media notifications, nothing coming through that is like necessary for me to see because I can't handle that. Also such a huge distraction from your life enjoyment and then also productivity. Like you just don't need that in your life. So shut them off. Shut it off. Okay, let's move on to posting boundaries. So this is kind of getting a little bit more when you're actually using it. Yes, like within the app, boundaries of like how to know what is too much to share and what's okay to share and all of that. I think as we dive into this, this is a very personal thing. Those boundaries are going to look different for every single person. And every person is going to feel different with different boundaries and different, you know, different situations, different life seasons, all of the above. So just know that we're going to throw some like ideas and questions and things at you for you to kind of help decide for yourself. But it's also just every single person is going to be a little bit different with this. Yeah. So I would say for first off, for you personally, decide what you 
are comfortable posting and then what you are not. Because like Evie said, it's different for every single person. And some questions that you could ask yourself is like, when is vulnerability too much for me? Mm-hmm. So we, we always say like, especially for business owners that are marketing personal brands, yeah, you want to share your personal life. But when we say personal life, you don't have to share your husband and kids or your wife and kids or whoever, if that's a boundary for you. I know a lot of people that like, they can share a personal brand without getting their family involved. Or maybe you just don't want to share like where you live. Okay, cool. You can still talk about your love for puzzles. I don't like, I don't know. Like (laughs) you can still share personal stuff without having to get deep, deep and cross a boundary that you are uncomfortable with, especially Mm -hmm. if you if you do have a large following, I know that that can cross a line of, of getting scary of like, oh, I'm putting out where I live. I'm putting out my family's faces. Like yeah. everyone has a different level of comfortability there. But I think that's a, just a question to ask yourself is like, where is my line of vulnerability that I'm comfortable yeah. not crossing? Well, the other thing I want to throw out there is sometimes pay attention to the difference between like feeling a little bit uncomfortable or nervous sharing something like vulnerable versus something that actually like doesn't sit well with you. Because yeah. I think there's almost like a little uh, clarification. Like anytime I talk about like acne or something online, like there's definitely a part of me that's like, ah, this is like a little uncomfortable, especially because, you know, one, it's it's really pulling back the the veil and showing like, oh, I struggle with cystic acne. It's not my favorite thing. I hate it. I despise it. It's like literally one of the confidence things in my life that I actually struggle with. But then there's also the side of me that's like, okay, people are going to have opinions and be like, oh my gosh, go vegan, cut out dairy. This is what my sister-in-law did five years ago and it worked great. And like, I'm just so thinking of you who loves ice cream instead <laughs> of having someone say, go dairy. Go oh, dairy free. Cut out dairy. Yeah. <sighs> um, anyways, so there's definitely like a level of like, discomfort sometimes when I share something like that. But that is very different to me having that like slight discomfort than mean something not sitting well with me. Like there's certain parts, like I didn't share my relationship with Landon for a year because it didn't sit right with me to let people into that like season in that season. So there's, I just wanted to throw out there, like it's not sometimes just like comfort levels. Sometimes like you have to notice the difference between a little bit of like uncomfortability or discomfort versus this doesn't sit right. I don't, this doesn't feel healthy to share. So yeah. We wanted to interrupt this episode real fast to chat about counseling. Now, counseling is so often stigmatized in a negative way and it absolutely should not be. Because Evie and I so firmly support counseling in all stages of life, we were so excited when BetterHelp, an online counseling company, reached out to us to be a sponsor on the show. We were able to try it ourselves for a bit and our experiences were incredible. I was even able to go on and fill out a full list of information about myself, my desires in a counselor, including religious beliefs and more. I was matched with an amazing counselor who shares my worldview and I absolutely loved the ability to put preferences like that down on the questionnaire. Something else we genuinely loved about BetterHelp is that they offer four ways to get licensed counseling, video sessions, phone calls, live chat, and messaging. It's honestly incredible. If you've been contemplating counseling but are feeling lost on where to start, we definitely recommend BetterHelp. We both had great experiences with them and have so many friends also loving their services. So we have an affiliate link for you today for 10% off your first month. Just go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash heart and hustle. 
Hey, hey, if you are new here and haven't heard about our online resource shop, ooh, listen up. The Heart Shop is a digital resource and template shop for creative entrepreneurs and photographers. There are so many goodies for creative entrepreneurs in the shop, like website templates, PDF guide templates, illustrations to enhance your brand, and lots more. But one thing in particular we made sure to add was contract templates. Y'all, the horror stories we have heard in our years of business is unmatched and a little terrifying. (laughs) Clients refusing to pay after you've delivered a service, clients demanding their retainer back after canceling on you last minute. The list goes on. Business shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells though. And yet that's how most of us feel when we first start our business. We're petrified to make a wrong move or have an unhappy client. Okay. But here's the truth. One of the first foundational steps of owning your own business should be protecting yourself legally with contracts. Yes, yes, even for friends and family. Contracts allowed us to walk in confidence as we grew our photography businesses. But also hiring a lawyer to create custom contracts for you is a pain in the butt and the wallet. And grabbing whatever free or cheap template online is often not enough protection. Yes, so we wanted to make this as easy and seamless for you as possible and give you the resources to make sure you have your butt protected. We have partnered with our favorite lawyer and attorney, Paige, from the legal page. She has not only created powerful contract templates, but her team is so present and ready to help figure out which ones you need for your business. You can stack our contracts in our shop like the wedding photography contract, destination intimate wedding contract, cancellation and rescheduling bundle, second shooter and associate contracts, and honestly, so much more. Just head to theheartcontracts.com for 10% off. That's theheartcontracts.com. I think along with that is think twice before posting something either controversial or testy or something that is in the heat of the moment. Um, yeah. Just th- like I've been there where like I like am real riled up by like a current event or just something in my life that like is ticking me off and I want to like lash out and I want to like say something. Yeah. But almost always give yourself like a day, pray about it, talk to friends about it. Like really ask someone, asking someone else is always like every time I've like done whole story rants on things. And then I share it with Andrew or I share it with Evie and they're like, do not post that. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Oh, that's actually another great thing. Have people to bounce feedback off of. There'll be times when like Lindsay and I send each other stuff and I'll just be like, hey, I really want to share this. What do you think? And she'll be like, uh, tweak this verbiage. It it sounds confusing. Like people might not understand your heart behind that. Change that a little bit. Sounds too harsh or something or vice versa. Lindsay will send something to me and be like, I really want to share this. And I'm like, yeah, I love it because I know your heart, but it's usually (laughs) me ranting about something that's controversial. <laughs> yes. So there, there's uh, something to be said for having people to bounce some feedback off of and be able to like tell you like, yeah, that's a good thing. Go post it. Like you might upset some people, but it's really good. Or be like, no, that's unnecessary. Like it doesn't, it's yeah. not loving or whatever. So yeah, that's something else. Um, the other thing that I will say is pray before posting something like personal and vulnerable. Like That's one thing that Lindsay and I really do is we'll sit there and we'll talk to the Lord and be like, is this too personal? Is this what you want me to share? Or is this coming from me wanting to share it? And then the other like kind of final question is just like, will sharing this benefit not only me? So you have to keep yourself in that equation too, is like, am I going to be okay? But also, is it going to benefit somebody else? So it needs to be mutual. Like I'm not going to share something in my life just because it's going to help someone else, but it's actually going to hurt me and or my family or like put me in an unsafe situation or, you know, whatever. Like I pay attention to serving other people with your vulnerability, but also making sure that you're protecting your own heart and your own like season of life as well. Yeah. 
All right, lastly, phone boundaries. This kind of almost takes a step back from social media boundaries because sometimes the issue is social media itself and the notifications that pop up on social media. However, a lot of times it might be your phone. So, mm. and this is like a very 2021 issue. Like if only we lived back in like 1970 um, <laughs> and we wouldn't have to have these issues. But uh, here we are in 2021. So phone boundaries, a good boundary to implement is no phone in your bedroom which mm-hmm. I know the first thing is like, but I use it as my alarm clock. Um, I am also, I also use it as my alarm clock. So I am not following this advice currently. Um, but I want <laughs> to, me and Andrew's goal is to get an alarm clock that is not our phone yeah. for this reason. So that way we can like shut off our phones, put them in the kitchen or yeah. living room or whatever, and they won't be in your bedroom at all. Um, so if you can use an actual alarm clock, not your phone as your alarm. Yeah. And then with that, shut off your phone during your workday and put it on airplane mode and put it in another room too, if you can. So you have to be very intentional about actually like getting up and walking to the other room to get your phone instead of just automatically reaching for it when you're bored, when you have a pause in a meeting or like between tasks, because we are wired. That is a knee jerk reaction. Like a hand jerk reaction is that the minute we have any sort of space or boredom or in between something, or we have this thought of like, oh, I wonder if so-and-so posted on social media, like whatever that looks like, we just reach for our phones. And then 30 minutes later, we're totally distracted. We're feeling like blah, cause we've just been scrolling. So yeah. that's something that also is really, really helpful, especially when you're working is to turn it off entirely or put it in airplane mode and put it away from you so that when you're bored, you have to actually stand up and be like, I am going to get my phone to scroll on my phone. Like that's, it's a you very- You have to know that you're doing that. Yeah. It's a very like conscious thought and effort to go and grab your phone. So that's another great limit. Uh, this next one is set time limits on your phones or on your phone or on apps. Now, I know you can do this on the iPhone. It's in your settings under screen time, I believe. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about Android, but you can Google it. I'm sure there's something very similar. Um, I personally have a screen time. So like I have, I can use certain apps all the time, but then the majority of my apps shut off at, I think, 8 p.m. at night. And then they turn back on at 8 a.m. Or sorry, 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for a while. And my own human, like, like we all like are subconsciously, like we all like have that addiction to social media or your phone. And so we all just like scroll mindlessly. And so what I would do is I had that screen time on, but then whenever that, like I reached a limit on an app or it it became 8 PM and that, that shut off, it would pop up and be like, do you, or uh, like it would shut off. And then I would like click Instagram, but it would be like a little bit shaded gray because it's not supposed to be on. And then it would be like, uh, do you want one minute or uh, multiple minutes? And I'd be like, 15. <laughs> and then like after 15 <laughs> minutes was done and then I would just like hit it again. So like yeah. the screen time wasn't actually working for me. Like I just I just looked at myself and I was like, okay, this isn't actually working. And so my husband had an idea. He was like, why don't we do the exact same thing? But you can do this on an iPhone, put in a passcode in order to actually access any of the apps that shut off. So I like the majority of my apps other than like Spotify, text messages, Google Maps, phone call, like things that you would kind of need no matter what, all of those other ones shut off. 
And so at 8 p.m., if I were to go try to unblock it, I have to put in a code. But the kicker is that my husband knows the code. And then (laughs) likewise, for his phone, however, he does not struggle with this as near as much as I do, but I have the code for his phone and he has the code for mine. So now it's like, oh, I really have to like, yeah, that's a very good boundary if you're bad at it because, and you might not like it. I didn't like it at first. I was like, yeah, you're controlling me. No, really. It's (laughs) like, I needed it because I would like be like, oh, hey, can I have 15 more minutes? And he's like, why? And I'd be like, I do, why would it have an answer? I'd be like, I, I don't know. I just want to Because I want to keep scrolling. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, yeah. I'm not going to give you the code for that. And so it's a really good, if you're married or if you have a partner or a spouse that like could do a, what code is it called? Swap. A codes, yeah, code swap <laughs> like that. That's a really good, that's a real good boundary that will like force you to, if, yeah. you're, if your partner or spouse or whoever doesn't break. Like yeah. they like stick to their guns. <laughs> yeah. it get, That gets me really excited for marriage when I can have Landon do that for me. Because right now <laughs> I have to struggle with my self, own self-discipline and my own like self Which is desires. hard, but you live alone. So it's like you yeah. have to almost enforce that yourself. Yeah. Because I can't also like, if I really do need the passcode or whatnot, like I'm not just going to like call Landon half the time he's asleep or something. Like, you know, I have to kind of like have it myself. But... Oh, it is. It's definitely a struggle, but I have my screen time shut off at 7 p.m. and then it doesn't start again until 8 a.m. And it just requires a lot of self-discipline and like being aware, you know, like Lindsay was saying, it's very easy to go tap and be like 15 more minutes or whatever on your screen time. But it does give me at least one hurdle that I have to overcome to kind of pause and be like, why do I want 15 more minutes? And it just comes down to asking yourself that question. And I'm not perfect at it, but it really has helped limit my, my screen time at night, um, on like certain apps when I'm really trying to like sit down and read a book or, you know, whatever. So that's just something else, setting time limits on your phones and your apps. And then Lindsay, do you want to talk about phones and kids? Yeah. So as we were kind of like writing notes for this episode about screen time and phone boundaries, I think a big question that kept coming up for me, and I know a lot of moms out there or just parents out there, they that the, you have as well as I had. I had this big question when we were about to have Eloise and I was like, how can I, because me and Andrew personally, we are raising, I, I was about to say like, we plan to raise Eloise, but no, we're raising Eloise actively right now, screen-free. And what that means is like, we don't give her an iPad when we go to a restaurant. She's not going to be that kid at the restaurant that has, looks like a zombie and is just like staring at a screen, which, I'm, and that's not any combination to anybody that does that because like, I get it. I get the reason. Like there are times when they freaking scream and you just want them to shut the hell up. I get it. I, de- I definitely get it. Um, <laughs> But I think because we started early, uh, it's been super helpful. Like, she just doesn't even know. Like, she's never watched a movie. She's never watched... She's a little young for that anyway. But, like, I think when when you raise them and give them screens immediately that's the default. So they're used to it. But if you never introduce that in the first place, um, which might be helpful and encouraging for like mom to bees or, or dad to bees or whatever, whoever's listening to this, that like, um, if, if you have that control, and even if they are older, and you take away screens, we knew a family that we're really close to in Kansas that like did a screen detox, and it took about 30 days. And their kids were like, bat, S-H-I-T for those 30 days. But after those 30 days, like their kids became so much more creative. They actually loved Mm -hmm. self-playing. And like, I've just personally seen the benefits for myself of not giving screens to my children. Well, the one, the Eloise. Um, (laughs) And that's not to say that like, if you're sick and you're home alone and like they're screaming, like there's obviously grace in all of that. But I think because we had that mindset 
looking at raising Eloise, I was like, how can I be on my phone as an entrepreneur that works from home, that's very much involved in social media and online world for my job? Like, how can I not be a hypocrite and tell her that like, nope, you can't have a phone. Um, And so I think it came down to viewing phone, which we already said it earlier in this tip, but like viewing phone only for work, because then mom goes to work, dad goes to work, but you, the child, the toddler, you do not work. Therefore, you do not get to play with a phone because a phone is not a play toy. It is a tool. And so that's how we kind of frame it is like, it's a tool. So we don't let Eloise play with my phone. If she ever does, like I treat it like a discipline thing. Like, hey, you do not know. Touch that again and you will go to timeout. Like that's how we treat it because it's like we're training her to not mm-hmm. use it as a toy. Um, and then Try as much as possible to keep them screen-free if you can. Um, That's what I recommend. But I would say, like, if you're on your phone also, last tip, if you're on your phone and your child, like, keeps talking to you and, like, wanting your attention and, like, wanting you to play or wanting you to notice them, maybe pay attention to the fact that, like, to acknowledge them and not just, like, continually, like, scroll on your phone. Because what is that teaching your child? Like, okay, the phone and the screen is more important than I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously there's boundaries to that. Like, yes, you have to go to work. Yes. You have to obviously have family time. Um, something that we do is I try to not work around Eloise. So whether that's in an office or in a separate room, um, that way I can keep work time to be work and then, which includes my phone and then family time to be family time and not include a phone. Um, obviously I'm not perfect. Uh, there's, there's blurred boundaries, especially as somebody who shares their life on, Instagram as a part of their brand, which Mm -hmm. is hard. So there's blurred lines. It's really hard. But hopefully that was some tips for phones and kids and just the messiness that is that. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Okay. Well, I hope that was helpful of just giving you like some breakdowns of like mental boundaries and then actual tangible boundaries of, you know, unfollow people that you don't like, create before consuming, you know, only view it as a work purpose. And with that, like shut off your notifications so that you're not getting distracted. And for the boundaries of like what to post, it's a personal decision. And hopefully some of those questions and guiding like principles will help you figure out what is best for you to post. And then phone boundaries, like keeping your phone out of your bedroom, using an actual alarm clock, airplane mode and putting it in another room when you're working, putting time limits on your phone or your apps and all the tips for like how to handle it with kids, especially when you do work from your phone so much. Hopefully, you got some really solid truth nuggets and strategies and principles and tools that you can begin to implement. But the overall bottom line is that boundaries with social media take work and you have to put in some work to really have those strict boundaries in place that work for you and your business model and your life and your season of life with your, you know, lifestyle choices or or family, you know, situation or whatever that looks like. But it's a personal thing. And hopefully those gave you some really good principles to start with. Yeah. And if you liked this episode, please screenshot it. Tag us on social at Evirup, at Mrs. Lindsay Roman, and at The Heart University. We love seeing it. We love just interacting with you guys and chatting about the episode. If you want to join our Heart and Hustle community on Facebook, come on, join. The link is in the show notes. We'll chat with you there and also pull you for future episode topics. So we love doing that. So anyways, we're cheering you on and have a great, fantastic day.